Hi everyone, welcome back to the Yukon Internal Medicine Ambulatory Podcast. We will cover fibromyalgia in this podcast, focusing on these conditions epidemiology, diagnosis, and management. Let's start with epidemiology. Fibromyalgia is a common disorder whose primary presenting symptom is widespread chronic pain. It is estimated fibromyalgia affects approximately 2-4 to of the general population, although the prevalence can be as high as 15% depending on the criteria applied. It is significantly more common in female than in the male population. The cause of fibromyalgia is unclear and different mechanisms have been studied. Today I will simplify it as an unbalance of pain processing and regulation that either amplifies the pain or decreases the pain inhibition. Fibromyalgia often coexists with other painful conditions generally classified as functional somatic syndromes. These conditions are irritable bowel syndrome, migraines, myalgic encephalomyelitis, chronic fatigue syndrome, interstitial cystitis, also known as painful bladder syndrome, chronic pain, and temporomandibular joint disorder. These disorders are more prevalent in patients with fibromyalgia and are also believed to have common central nervous system mechanisms. Therefore, recognizing and managing these medical conditions is essential to improve the quality of life and achieve treatment success. Now, let's move on to the diagnosis and clinical features. I want to let you know that outpatient screening tools have not been validated, but for practical purposes, you can refer to the criteria developed by the American College of Rheumatology called the ACR Preliminary Diagnostic Criteria for Fibromyalgia and Measurement of Symptom Severity. In this tool, a patient may diagnose criteria if three of the following conditions are established. First, patients with fibromyalgia have more than three months of generalized pain. The pain is located in multiple sites of the body. The pain does not have a disorder that would otherwise explain the symptoms. The tool also classifies the amount of painful spots in the body and the severity of the symptoms, known as the symptom severity scale. To meet criteria, patients will have associated moderate to severe fatigue, sleep problems, uh, cognitive symptoms like memory deficits, attention deficits, and decreased ability to focus or concentrate. Sometimes this is referred as fibrofog. Other somatic symptoms that patients will report are having uh, pain or cramps in the lower abdomen, symptoms of depression or headaches. Least likely, but also reported, is nausea, diarrhea, jaw pain, dizziness, and paresthesias. Now it's going to move on to the physical exam. A thorough physical exam should be performed with particular attention paid to the joints and soft tissue areas. The main focus is to identify widespread soft tissue tenderness and to rule out other conditions that may mimic this diagnosis. For example, to rule out osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, we should palpate the joints, soft tissue sites including muscles, ligaments, and tendons. And don't forget to ask um, and to review the skin to make sure the patient doesn't have any rash, which would be part of the lupus diagnostic criteria. It is essential to know that patients with fibrom frequently report paresthesia, so you have to make sure you do a, if your patient reports this, you can do a neurological physical exam to rule out a focal finding that would suggest other condition. Now let's move on to the differential diagnosis and laboratory workup. As you can imagine, the differential diagnosis can be very, very broad, and for so, a good history and a physical exam will help you narrow the differential diagnosis by a lot, and this way you're going to prevent ordering unnecessary blood work. Lab workup should be kept at the minimum, as no lab test is diagnosed for fibro. To start, you can consider a CBC, ESR, or CRP to rule out inflammatory conditions, for example, a polymyalgia to mention one. 
If high in the differential is rheumatoid arthritis or lupus, you can um, order a rheumatoid factor ANA and double-stranded DNA. Uh, for example, if you are considering an inflammatory myopathy, you can order a CK, or if you're considering hypothyroidism, maybe, you can order a TSH. Additional testing that you can consider can be, for example, a sleep study if you have any signs or symptoms of um, sleep apnea or restless leg syndrome. Don't forget psychological assessments tools like a PHQ-9 or GAT-7 score as um, undiagnosed depression or anxiety commonly coexist with fibro. Now, let's move on to the treatment. Very important for the treatment is actually regular physical activity, weight loss, and treatment for mood and sleep disturbances. In regards to the aerobic exercise, it is recommended a low-impact exercise like walking or swimming, and there is some evidence on other type of exercise, like for example, Tai Chi or yoga. And remember that you, as a physician, can actually refer to a patient to a supervised exercise training program uh, that will help patients to start slow and go slow accelerated for them. Um, in, re in the case of insomnia, remember that the first line treatment is cognitive behavioral therapy. So um, just remember to refer patients to these. Now let's gonna move on to pharmacological therapies. First, we're gonna start with the tricyclic antidepressants. Um, you can start, for example, uh, with amitriptyline, 10 milligrams at that time, and titrate this medication up slowly accelerated to a maintaining dose of 20 to 30 milligrams daily. Another medication that you can use are SNRIs like duloxetine, starting dose of 20 to 30 milligrams preferred to be dosed in the morning, and go up to a maintaining dose of 60 milligrams daily. Other medications uh, that can be used are the gabapentinoids like gabapentin and pregabalin. And in up-to-date, they also mention SSRIs like fluoxetine can be used. And don't forget, you can combine sometimes the SSRI or the SNRI with a low-dose gabapentinoid in different times of the day. This way, you're going to take advantage of the multiple mechanisms of action for reducing pain and targeting different symptoms. And follow-up, actually very important in patients with fibromyalgia because you need to assess regularly the symptom severity, the functional status of the patient, the response to the treatment, the adherence to the treatment, and also the adverse effects that these medications can actually have. So don't forget to talk to your patients about the side effects before you start any of these medications. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. See you later. Thank you.